Hello, good morning. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday, April 24th, uh, 2019. Hope everybody's doing great out there on this fine spring morning. Uh, welcome to the third episode of Writing Studies Connected. I'm Justin Carey. I'll be with you for a little while today. We're going to do a little bit of a quicker one today um, and just talk about a couple of cool things I think that I've been uh, you know, just checking out this semester, um, working on with my students, and thinking a lot about. So that's where we're at today. Um, as always, if you want to uh, hop in on the chat room, ask any questions, follow along there, that would be great. Um, if you want to ask me anything on Twitter or connect with me there, you can find my Twitter handle at uh, Justin R. Carey, or you can always email me at my university email address, jcarey1 at uncc.edu. Um, just a reminder, you know, we are coming to you live from the university writing program here at the beautiful UNC Charlotte. And um, the goal of this show is to just kind of open discussions around writing studies, uh, what people are doing, what people are interested in, what questions people have, uh, what research is happening in the field. Um, we've got a lot of cool episodes cooking up right now, um, so there should be some exciting things coming. Uh, we will be continuing this show into the summer months as well, so uh, I don't anticipate any sort of uh, interruption of service in the weeks to come. One announcement, though, next week... Uh, we will have to reschedule um, and do the show on a different day because I have some commitments on Wednesday next week, and I will not be able to be here from 10 to 11. So we will, uh, I will announce on Twitter and on the Twitch page when and where and how this show will be happening next week. So just stay tuned for that, um, but it should still be great. Uh, yeah, so the question of the day. The question before us right now, um, and one that, that I've explored a bit this semester, and one I'm really interested to hear your perspectives on, and, and as always, you know, I'd love to hear your responses uh, and open up a, a conversation in the chat room, is social media, right? And its place in the writing classroom. Um, I, I guess, you know, specifically um, the app that we're going to be discussing today is Snapchat. Um, the newest, at least for me, the, 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 the social media app that I've come to most recently. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm 37. And so I, you know, was around during the, the height of the social media craze. Um, didn't really grow up with it, of course, but I came to it, you know, when I was in maybe in college or grad school, Facebook becoming a, a major thing. Um, I did that for a while. When I first started my teaching career, um, I was really interested in, in Facebook and how to use, you know, private Facebook communities and Facebook pages to do all sorts of writing activities and writing things. Did that for a while. Um, certainly fell out of love with Facebook after a while. Um, I use it for the occasional photo posting or something like that, but um, it's definitely not my go-to platform anymore. Um, from Facebook, I kind of migrated over to Twitter. Uh, I use Twitter a lot. I do a lot of things on Twitter. I, I actually really enjoy Twitter. I connect with a lot of the, the people that I, 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 I want to connect with, um, bands and other writing studies scholars, colleagues, um, people like that. So I really enjoy Twitter for that reason. Um, it's easy, it's fun, it's quick, and I like that platform a lot. So I use it, Twitter extensively. Um, there's a few other ones out there. And the one that, I, like I said, the one I'm most recent to is Snapchat. Uh, and the, the reason for that, the reason it took me a, a while to, come around to it, and I'm still in this process, is that I just, like, it, it was hard for me to figure it out, um, which is uh, kind of embarrassing for me because I'm, I kind of consider myself like a tech guy, and Snapchat was the first sort of social media app where I sort of realized I was having some struggles, like figuring out how the interface worked, and um, 
you know, how like the, the, the idea of what Snapchat is and how to effectively use it. It took me a long time to, to figure all that out. And I was like, oh, man, I must be getting old um, because this does not feel intuitive to me. And, and that's, that's not something I want. In fact, I tweeted today uh, a funny tweet, yeah, the, the, the secret to staying young. Uh, I know what it is. I figured it out this morning. The secret to staying young uh, and feeling young is when you're standing in line at the post office buying stamps, always pick out this. Always go for the stamps that are the scratch and sniff ice cream stamps. Always pick that. If you, if you make the decision to choose scratch and sniff ice cream stamps when you're buying stamps, you will forever feel young at heart. Um, so that's a little pro tip for you. Um, so anyway, Snapchat is uh, you know, something I'm newer to and, and something that never quite felt right to me and just because it was harder for me to use. But I pressed on. Um, I carried on through my pursuits of Snapchat and finally got to a place where I felt like good about using it. Hey, we got someone in the chat. So uh, Deba Duta 77 says, I didn't even know that existed. Um, are you referring to the scratch and sniff ice cream stamps? These here? Wow. They are, they are indeed very, very scratch and sniffy. Man, that one's, that one's watermelon. That's definitely watermelon. These are awesome. Buy these stamps. That will that will make your day great. Um, <laughs> there you go. We learn something new every day here on the Writing Studies Connected. The tip of the week is the ice scratch and stiff stamps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go get it right now over at the I got the pro, at the Prospector Post Office. They have they have them. Books of twenty right there. Um, I think I got a book of twenty. That's what I paid for anyway. Yeah, twenty first class forever stamps. Frozen treats. Uh, scratch and stiff. Yeah, so go pick them up. Right up the right up the sidewalk. Um, hmm, so aromatic. Um, okay, so so yeah, so Snapchat. Um, what is it? How does it work? And the question of the day is: Should we be using this tool uh, as writing studies scholars, teachers, professors, practitioners, learners? Uh, should we even bother uh, using a, a tool like Snapchat in our pedagogy, in our curriculum, in our classroom on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, I've for a long time, I was trying to figure out, I wanted the answer to that question to be yes for me. And I, I, I tried many, for several years to figure out how to do that. Uh, and I think I finally effect, got to an effective place with it this semester. And I did, I used it a lot at the beginning of the semester back in January and February, kind of tapered off after that. But um, I think there is some potential there for, uh, for this tool. It, additionally, something else that I wanted to bring up today, and, and we're going to look at this in a moment, is uh, the way that um, you know, I, I studied, I looked at this with my students this semester. The, you know, we do a lot with rhetoric and writing and how we use language to communicate ideas and how those ideas are interpreted and, and curated for an audience. And so we looked at the Snapchat sort of privacy statements on their website um, at the very beginning of the semester and sort of did like a, you know, a rhetorical analysis trying to figure out why they're using the language they're using and why they're conveying the ideas they're trying to convey with the specific choices of how they're conveying those ideas. And so it was a really cool, um, that was a really cool endeavor. And I wanted to share that with you today and just talk a little bit with you about that and the way, the, the, the very specific rhetorics that Snapchat's privacy statements use to, to make you feel like, um, make you feel a certain way. So we're going to look at that too. Um, but to start with, you know, what, what is, what is Snapchat? Um, it's a phone app. It's an app on your phone. And primarily it is a, 
it's a way to send messages to friends. Okay, so it's a it's a it, in essence it's a it's a messaging app. It's a lot more than that, but at its core, that's what the point of it is: is to capture an idea, a moment, a piece of media. Could be words, could be video, could be pictures, it could be whatever you want to create. There's actually a robust set of creation tools built into Snapchat for you to create multimodal texts. Essentially, that's a writing studies term that kind of means like texts that exist in different modes or mediums, use, created using a variety of different, uh, you know, writing tools. Um, and you can do all sorts of crazy things on Snapchat with that. Um, so you create a message, you create something, you create something that you want someone else to see, or something that you've captured from the world that you want to share with someone and then you send it to that person or you send it to a group of people who you are friends with on Snapchat. Um, one of the defining features of Snapchat is that when that friend receives that message, when they open it, uh, they are only able to experience that text for a short period of time. So it's very ephemeral in that way. The things you create evaporate after a while. Um, in fact, after one viewing or so. Uh, and there are some settings you can tweak with, with that and sort of how you want people to, to experience those messages. But in essence, you know, you're able to, uh, that's just a, that's a whole interesting thing to think about in and of itself. How much authority and weight um, do messages and texts and things that we compose and send to each other, how much does that authority and weight increase when you know you're only going to have one shot at reading it? Does that make you read it more efficiently, more effectively, or the opposite of that? Um, before you even click something that someone, before you even open something someone has sent to you, you already know that you're only going to get one chance to look at it, or to read it, or to see it, or to understand it. Um, so do you go into that text already thinking that I need to kind of bring my A game to this? So does that, that ephemeral quality create sort of a more... Um, you know, uh, motivate you to engage with that text in a deeper way, maybe? I don't know. Or is it the opposite of that, right? Does knowing that this thing is going to be gone in two seconds, uh, you know, you go into that thinking, who cares? I'm not even going to really pay attention to it, right? So it's an interesting thing to, to ask and think about, interesting little quirk of Snapchat. Now, uh, another avenue of how Snapchat works is this thing called stories. And this is the part that I actually used in my class this semester extensively. Um, I didn't want to be sending these ephemeral messages back and forth between myself and my students. Uh, that wasn't really what I was interested in doing. Um, so I, I avoided those connections as much as I could. Um, we did have to kind of, you can, you can easily share a snap code, it's called. If you watched last week's episode, um, it's essentially a QR code that represents your Snapchat account. You can easily share that as a picture. So I included my Snap code on our Canvas, on our LMS Learning Management Systems homepage. Students could easily scan my profile, basically, and then connect with me on Snapchat so that we could communicate. We could send snaps to each other if we chose. And there are some problems there in terms of like, the records of those things, which is why I spent a lot of time talking to students about that's not what this is for. Um, the intention of using Snapchat in the classroom is not to create this back-channel communication method, and so we didn't use it for that. Um, instead, I used it to, I used this other, this other part of Snapchat, which is called Stories. So on Snapchat, instead of just sending a message, a text message or something to a specific person, you can create a text. Again, a text meaning an image, a video, a picture, 
whatever, uh, anything you want, and you can post it to your story. The story is a space that you choose who gets to see. It can either be a public thing or you can, well, let me back up a second. See, I'm still, I don't, I'm not, I'm no expert. Um, I don't know, I'm not quite sure if stories can be public or not. Maybe not, I'm not sure. But um, stories can be seen by anyone that you're connected to on Snapchat in sort of like a, in a public way. So you kind of upload this story thing and then anyone that sort of is connected to you can, can view this story at their leisure. I found this to be a great tool for announcements, um, recaps of class sessions, of you know imp highlighting important things that we did that day that students would want to pay attention to. Um, and so that was a really useful component. Um, and I can, I can show you that. Let me pull up Snapchat on my phone. So Snapchat is a phone exclusive endeavor. It does not exist on a web browser. It's only on a smart device. So that's something else to consider when you're thinking about accessibility and course design. Um, you know, this, this is, if someone does not have that device, it is going to exclude that person. So, you know, another consideration for that is thinking about group work, thinking about how you can, you know, encourage students to, to work together to use these tools. Uh, if, you know, if one person has the resource, maybe someone else doesn't. So you need to be aware of that. You know, Snapchat does only exist on smartphones. Um, so let me see. The swipiness. Snapchat, the interface, it's, it's, it doesn't feel conducive, it doesn't feel intuitive to me the way you have to swipe through all the menus, swipe left, swipe right. That's a, I mean, I know how to swipe on a smartphone touchscreen, but like, I don't know, it just feels strange to me. Um, so let me just see here. Okay, so that's what the Snapchat interface looks like. Right now I've got the camera you know, looking at me. And you can record what's called a story by just holding down this little circle and it will record a video of whatever you're trying to say or do, right? So oh, I'm doing a story, I'm, I'm recapping class, today we did this, you should check out chapter two in the book, you should do a little reflective writing and then we'll come back together and talk about it. And then what's great you know, for Snapchat for a com composing tool is you've got all this stuff over here and you can do all sorts of cool things. You can add text in different colors and fonts and sizes. And you can drag that text around on the screen. So you just go in there and you type in something like, you know, read chapter three. You put it as a big giant text and you make it a shiny color and then you can just you can resize that text just by dragging it like this you can move it around it's hard to do like this but beyond that you can add these little stickers you can add filters, so just by swiping across you can change the way the story looks. You can do all sorts of like neat little visual effects. Um, you can add multiple filters by layering, layering them. As you can see, some of them are some of them are situationally sensitive and context sensitive. So, um, for example, 
this one says UNC Charlotte because it, my phone knows I'm at UNC Charlotte. So it's going to give me some of, they're called geo filters. These are filters that people pay to have created and then they exist only in that specific location. I just got a text message. And uh, so you can see that. It's another interesting way to think about the social aspect of, of writing or maybe or, or text creation where everyone can kind of come together and use this one geo filter when they're all in the same location. Um, you, can add, uh, you can add a URL link to your stories here. So you can type in a website and that will become part of your text. And there's a few other you can draw. I give myself some little smiley face there, right? So you can draw with your hands, you can write in that way. So it's a really neat kind of composition tool in a lot of ways because there's a lot of neat things you can do. Um, and then once you create that story, you kind of send it off. You send it out to the web and it sits there for 24 hours. It goes away after 24 hours. Anyone who's your friend or who is connected with you on Snapchat can read that story, engage with it, look at it, um, and then they can respond to it if they want to send you a snap. But again, you know, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to go down that path too, too extensively with like getting these snaps back and forth from folks. So um, that's kind of Snapchat in a nutshell. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's kind of the basic um, idea. So the next part, and this will be the last part for today. I said this one would be a little short, but um, I wanted to take a look at this. Because I found this to be just fascinating this semester with my students when we looked at this. And they were really into this and they thought it was really cool. Snapchat has a really interesting kind of way they talk about what they're doing with the data they collect from you. Um, so let's just read through a little bit of this. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the chat or hit me up on Twitter or anywhere else if you have any comments or, or anything about this. But just listen to some of this stuff. So they have a, a notice these funny, these fun little icons that, that, that head up everything, right? Then they've got the, the brand color and everything, yellow and white. Uh, our privacy principles at Snap, we make your privacy a priority. We know your trust is earned every time you use Snapchat or any of our other products. That's why we treat your information differently than most other tech companies. We don't stockpile your private messages, and we don't publicly showcase a timeline of everything you've ever posted. Snapchat's designed so that people can only see the things you want to share for as long as you want to share them. We believe this makes Snapchat feel less like a permanent record and more like a conversation with friends. Even though our products are constantly evolving, our privacy principles remain unchanged. Okay, so right, like right off the bat, they're doing this whole like, we're your friend. And, and, Maybe they are. Maybe I'm just a cynic, but we're your friend. We want to have a conversation with you, right? We communicate honestly and openly. When you use Snap products, you share information with us. It's our responsibility to help you understand how that information is used. Our privacy policy explains how we collect, use, and share information. You can read the highlights here. If you're curious about how a certain feature uses your data, privacy by product breaks things down a bit more. We also explain how features use data right inside our apps and throughout our support center. Of course, if you still can't find what you need, you can always ask. They go into more stuff about how you choose to express yourself. We design with privacy in mind. You control your information. Deletion is our default. Happy snapping. And the little icon, their brand icon, the little happy little ghost, right? Which is a funny little, you know, the idea being that the, the things you create there are ephemeral, right? Um, so. Let's dive a little deeper in here and look at there. I'm, I'm trying to think where, I, I want to make sure I get to where I want to go here. Let me see. Okay. Okay. 
Let me see here. Uh, tick, tick, tick. Oh, gosh. All right. All right, let's see. Uh, Oh yeah, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of how Snapchat uh, uses your information. They use it for personalization. Okay, they, that's called personalization. And they say here that, hey everybody. Well, they, they don't say that, I, I added that. No two people are the same. So the app can tailor your Snapchat experience especially for you. For example, the friends you snap with the most are usually easiest to find. And we generally try to show you ads that'll be relevant to you. We're able to do this by making some guesses about the things you like and don't like. For example, if you're constantly watching snaps of puppies on Discover, you might be a quote, pet and animal lover. Or if you regularly post snaps of your sports memorabilia to my story, our system might be able to guess that you're a sports fan. We call guesses like these lifestyle categories and we use them to try and show you ads and content that's relevant to your interests. If you'd like, you can always pick your own lifestyle categories. <laughs> we also try to personalize the content you see by using what we call content interest tags. These tags are guesses about the content that you may be interested in and based on activity, like things you search for, stories you view, popular users you subscribe to, and types of locations you visit. So if you watch a lot of stories about basketball, we create sports and basketball content interest tags so we can show you more snaps about basketball. You can reset content interest tags at any time in Snapchat settings. This goes on. This is like there's so much, there's a plethora of content here just like this that you can look at on your own. But uh, I, I think this is fascinating. The way that they are using rhetoric to talk about essentially what is like tracking your usage, right? Like they're tracking what you're doing every step of the way. They are monitoring it. They are generating content for you based on it. And this gets really scary to me and dangerous uh, because all social media is like this, right? And it's this idea that it's constantly curating things that you are interested in. And what happens when all the news feeds, Twitter feeds, Snapchat feeds, Facebook posts, and everything else you're looking at 20,000 times a day, when all of that content is specifically curated just for you and the things that you like, what happens then? You are in a sort of myopic view of the world at that point, and everything that you're getting fed is only things that these algorithms think you're gonna like. And what that does is it creates a very clear sort of like bubble around you, and you're unable to see anything other than the things that you already are gonna agree with, the things that you're gonna like, the things that you're gonna be interested in. You don't get anything else. And that, I think, leads to a lot of people kind of getting stuck in a very kind of narrow viewpoint of what they're trying to learn about. Um, so this was a really cool exercise with my students to look at this and really think about this and you know talk about what Snapchat is doing because this is a very popular app among traditional college-age students, um, I think. I mean, I don't know. Give it, give it six months. We'll see. But um, I just think that was a really useful exercise, and there's so much in here like that. I also there was one other part I wanted to uh, <laughs> I wanted to go over because it's crazy. Um, 
when they're talking about information they collect, so they collect usage information, so they collect information uh, about your activity through services, and they collect information about how you interact with their services. They collect information on how you communicate with other Snapchatters, such as their names, the time and date of your communications, the number of messages you exchange with your friends, which friends you exchange messages with the most, and your interactions with messages. They collect content information. They collect device information. I thought this one was really interesting. Um, information about your hardware and software, such as the hardware model, operating system, device memory, advertising identifiers, unique application identifiers, apps installed. So they collect information about other apps installed on your phone. Unique device identifiers, browser type, language, battery, time zone. Listen to this one. They collect information from device sensors, such as accelerometers, gyroscopes, compass, microphones. So it says it. I mean, they say it right there, right? This is everyone jokes about this, right? That Amazon, Alexa, and stuff is always listening. Well, they are. I mean, they say it right in their privacy statement. They collect information from your device's microphone. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And so having students who use these apps go through these privacy policy statements is a really useful exercise and a really interesting one for us as writers, especially with a company like Snapchat, who's you know saying that like we want to be friends with you. We want to be your friend. We want you to trust us. We want to enter into a relationship with you. And just so you know, we're going to take all your stuff. Um, so it's just, it's fascinating to me. So we did a lot of work around that this semester. And, and um, you know, it's just an interesting rhetorical endeavor, I think, to look at this and to think about it and to write about it with students and to kind of get them to start to see the sort of algorithmic, uh, technological underpinnings of a lot of these digital software tools that we're asking them to write with and think about and use um, on a day-to-day -day basis in class. So let me know what you think. Uh, if, you have, if you think Snapchat is a useful tool for the way I described using it, let me know. If you think it should not be used ever in the classroom, let me know too. If you think this is a cool exercise, please, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, whatever. Um, but that's really about all I wanted to chat about today. And I would, you know, again, I would welcome a conversation. So uh, feel, here's, my, here's my info again. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter anytime. You can tweet me, send me funny GIFs and memes. Uh, I, I especially love uh, GIF GIFs or GIF GIFs. GIF GIFs, which would be GIFs about peanut butter. Those are my favorite. So send me some. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode today, thinking about Snapchat, perhaps as a rhetorical tool, as a writing tool, as a classroom tool. And um, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Same writing studies time, same writing studies channel. And until next time, thank you, everyone. This is Writing Studies Connected. See you next time.